fantasy and some flights. Exploring the realms of beer, board games, books, and bourbon. Welcome to another Fireside episode with Fantasy and Some Flights. I'm Nelson. I'm Dalton. And we are back. We're it's been back. a while. <laughs> it's it been has a while. been a while. It's mostly my fault. I Moving is complicated. And we had a little trouble getting our stuff actually here with the moving company. I don't know if a little trouble was the right adjective to use there, Dalton. I know, right? Um, it was actually a lot of trouble. But now I can't tell you their name because I'm sure there's like legal implications or something. You know? Yeah. Could... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but... As a part of that, I did not have recording equipment in Colorado, and so now we have been delayed, but we are back. Um, we're starting off with the Fireside episode, so we can kind of ease into it. Um, we can get these like lots of topics that have been accumulating <laughs> that we're excited to talk about. Yep. We can just kind of dump those in a Fireside episode, um, and then we can pick up next week with a, with a book episode. Looking so, forward to the book episode. I'm yeah. looking forward to this episode as well. For sure. Like I got a notification from OneDrive that I needed to up my storage capacity just because of how many notes I've been taking about all of my table and on what's been on my mind. And so that, that's that been a problem. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew it's text like, could take up so much? <laughs> yeah. Dude, chill. Just At least chill. delete the pictures. Like. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So as always, we are drinking, even though we are apart. We are drinking. Um, yes. Dalton, do you want to start us out? What's on your flight tonight? Yeah, I'll start us off. I'm drinking a new beer. From Dry Dock Brewing Company. That was very <laughs> sexy. I'm keeping that. Yeah, okay, fair <laughs> enough. Uh, DDBC. Um, you can come up with your own name if you if you want to, just using the acronym. Or the initials, I guess. But anyway, uh, they are um, in Aurora, Colorado, so in the Denver area, uh, greater Denver area. Brewing Company, which is one reason I wanted to like host them tonight. I like picked up this six pack um, shortly after moving in, where I was like, "Well, I'll just go and I'll just pick up like two um, six packs from yeah. uh, from like a local store, and I'll feature one on, on the podcast." Unfortunately, I got this one because it was on sale. Um, oh, nice! Because they Very had nice. a lot of it left, and I think I oh. had figured out. Oh no! <laughs> what? They had a lot of it left. It's not actually bad. Uh, when I say that, it, it makes it sound bad. But this is their hazy IPA. It's just called hazy IPA. Um, Clever. We we didn't talk too much about hazy IPAs right in our beer episode recently. We did not. But kind of just comes from being unfiltered, right? If I remember correctly. Uh, yeah. And they tend to have, at least in my, this is my like novice opinion of them. I know that you come to our podcast for Dalton's novice opinions. But <laughs> <laughs> That's but why like, I'm here. Like I haven't like researched, you know, um, but I th- I believe that they tend to have fruitier flavors or be on the fruity end of the scale of IPAs might be one way to think of it. Yep. This one, for whatever reason, I think just kind of got a little washed out. Like I, we had <laughs> talked where in the beer episode where a lot of IPAs are trying to tend towards balance and like backing off of heavy hops and heavy or maybe not even heavy hops but just heavy bitterness and balancing that with nice fruitier flavors and this one i think in an effort to try and be balanced ended up just being kind of like a little bland mediocre. actually yeah mediocre. That's, that's a bummer so it's a little lemony is like basically the main fruit that's coming through so it ends up being nice for like a hot day by the pool you know it's like oh this is fine. okay yeah um or like a canoeing beer or something like that but yeah probably not one i would i would pick up again so probably unfortunately probably a one cheers on the, on the oh, no. episode but um you know i'm getting uh getting through my uh, i think i have one more so <laughs> <laughs> um, but i saved the good beer for next episode so good um, the other good, one i got good, was good. very it was the other one just spoiler alert is definitely a four cheers so it was two. It was like a, both the six very successful and very unsuccessful beer trip. So interesting. Okay. Yeah, well, I also have week. a 
four cheers for our next episode. So very nice. I'm excited for that. That's gonna be a fun flights. Yeah, fun flight section. Nice. So that's what's on for me. What's on for you? So I I am actually drinking a beer, and so I'm drinking from Dogfish Head. It's called the Slightly Mighty Low Cal IPA, and so recently I've been kind of like trying to watch my weight a little bit. I've been doing kind of a low carb diet thing. And so one of the things that the Gamecasters are doing right now, they're doing a weight loss challenge. And so I figured I'd talk about that a little bit. It's been kind of fun. We're weighing in and he's doing like different stats each week. Like how many meeples have we lost as a collective group and just stuff like that. (laughs) But so I've been, I've been kind of like going with the lower uh, carbs, which is why I've been drinking a lot of whiskeys recently. But this one is actually an IPA, and so when I did want my beer fix when I'm on this low-carb diet, I would have to go to, like, a Miller Lite or a very sad, like, Michelob Ultra or something like that until I found uh, this beer, which is – it's only about three carbs per can or per 12 ounces, and it almost tastes like an IPA, so it's, like, nice. So nice. Where – I mean, it's it's – if you're not trying to go for low-carb, I would not pick it up at all but (laughs) (laughs) if you are trying to do a low carb thing this one is actually pretty tasty after you haven't had ipas for a long time so so (laughs) so that's what i'm doing if you drink mick ultra for six months (laughs) then this This one actually has flavor and you amazing yeah it's it's a little bit harder to see through it so it's so there's that (laughs) it's like um it's like when you like sit in a hot tub, you know, and then you jump into cold water. Like, yeah. That's kind of what's happening. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I'm glad that you uh, have an option for for an IPA-like beer because I, yes. I know that that has been something you've missed. <laughs> it's definitely nice to have. I, I, I had no idea that this was um, this was available. Also, so just like random real quick, I think I may have talked to you about this already, but when I went to go pick up beer for you at the, the liquor store near where I worked when I was coming up to see you, I went and did their pick six section, which was like an entire like wall. And like, so this liquor store is like a giant Walmart type place. Like it's huge, but it was like a whole wall full of pick six options. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, this is, this is like a nice selection. Then like the last day that I was coming up to see you, I was like walking down a random aisle. There's a whole nother aisle of just like pick six, (laughs) like, (laughs) three to 500 more beers to choose from and i was just like i don't know how i missed this the entire time but i was like okay well whatever but it was just that like insane extremely difficult to like drink your way through yes yeah there, you know, there's a significant amount of analysis paralysis into that that goes into that decision yeah absolutely <laughs> all righty so let's let's uh let's get into kind of some of the stuff that we have been doing yeah dalton do you want to uh you want to talk about i, I think there was a twilight imperium game that was there, going on on the you know discord what? as a matter of fact there was <laughs> oh yeah tell me about this there was a recent um we organized a ti4 game as you know as the cool kids like to call it twilight imperium if you're unfamiliar um that we organized through the nice. discord um it was it was really fun we had in the I, we we have done a twilight imperium episode like semi-recently and so i'm not gonna like talk through a bunch of um ti stuff except that we played. We did play with the Prophecy of Kings expansion, um, which has been yep. out um, for like a little over a year now. I can't believe that's been that long. I remember talking about that. Right, on the it was podcast. such a <laughs> yeah. It was hard because it was like I believe it was a pandemic release, and so that was everyone was like, "This is awesome. How do we play it?" <laughs> yeah, it's already hard enough to schedule a game of TI Fort. 
throw right. a pandemic in there and it's just almost p- impossible <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly and like as much as i love the game like it is so hard to play on tabletop like i i could can't imagine yeah it's just it's so hard to keep track of everything and your turns just take so much longer because like moving everything around is clunky and so you got to really want it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now, we did really want it, so we had a lot of fun. One of the better things that they did is they released a fix for like the five and seven player problem that Twilight okay. Imperium has where it's on a hexagon board, and so the it's it's fractal, right? It's like a hexagon made up of hexagons. So at six players, hexagons are six-sided. Everybody starts in a corner, right? And that works out fine. Um, but in five-player, previously, you had to... Like somebody had to start closer than other people, and that was a huge disadvantage, and there was no way to balance it out correctly. Um, the way that they fixed that is they introduced like hyperlanes, which are sort of like a wormhole. They function a little bit differently, but they basically just make two things adjacent. And so they, if you play with five players, everybody still starts in a corner, and then like the sixth kind of corner of the board gets taken up by these hyperspace lanes, which make sure that the two players that are on either side of them are have the same amount of like distance as if they were next to each other. That's really cool. Of the board, so it is. So, like, I've been seeing on Instagram, it's like, it's like a tile that has like, like curves or like lines on it. Is that what those are? Yes. Yes. Okay. It, okay. I was track wondering it, what those were. Yeah. If you track it, it's like one for one. Where? Oh, okay. Cool. Like, if you know, like my home system would have like three things next to it, and those would like normally connect to like certain coordinate home systems of my neighbors. The hyperlanes yeah. go like one for one with that, so they are like perfectly. That's aligned awesome. as if you were just like, and it's like when you look at it you're like that is such a simple fix and like it just totally <laughs> works yeah and it and it's great because it's like okay we always had to schedule like four or six or if you had the expansion in an eight player game um because Ooh, five and seven oops. just didn't really work um, right and so now we ended up at five um and, and it worked perfectly fine so really enjoyed that i played um the vul wraith cabal um that one sounds of the, new I know, yeah, they're one of the expansion races. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, they take advantage of like a, a capture mechanic. So like, if you destroy an enemy's unit, you capture it and like put it in your play area, and then that player cannot like rebuild it, and then you basically can like sell it back to them. Um, hmm. Or you can like this race specifically can use can like give it back to the player um, in order to like build the unit for free. Um, so like that's kind oh, of like their cool. main kind of quirk. So you can like rush. Yeah into people's territory and normally in twilight imperium you like expend all of your resources doing that and your army kind of like dies out in this one as long as you're still killing people you can like rebuild your army because you're just like killing with like whatever units you're capturing that's really cool Um, yeah so they were and they had some extra mobility and stuff and so i I really enjoyed playing them we had a very close game um there were three of us who were in a position to win um i ended up winning because of um basically basically just kind of because of the way things worked out just kind of because of player order and, and that sort of thing um, and the like cards I was able to take. So, but a lot of uh, a lot of skirmishing, a lot of like very active gameplay, a lot of like big m- surprise moments from players, a lot of politicking, like a lot of backdoor messaging going on, and people getting That's backstabbed awesome. and stuff. So nice. It was a very a lot of fun, really successful game for us. Good. Do you so. feel like preparing slash listening to the episode helped you win this game? I'll be honest. I reviewed the show notes. <laughs> like, nice. <laughs> <laughs> like my awesome. own show notes, you know, because um, I was like, what did what did we talk about? Yeah, um, but it was just like the fastest way to be like, oh, that's right. You know, I do need to buy blue tech, like stuff. Like, yeah. <laughs> I know, but like, I just wanted it in like the front yeah. of my mind. So yeah, well, I gave awesome. the show notes like a, a quick perusing. Um, and so, and it, it, I, only, I did it like in two minutes, you know, like it didn't take me long just to kind of bring everything back to the front of my mind. So, so my guarantee holds up that you will win the next game of twilight imperium oh i can't actually say that because i'm assuming that people played that played with you actually listened to this they did yeah (laughs) so well i don't know three people were close and 
those three people listen to the episode. That's right. That's yeah. right. <laughs> that's what we'll go with. That's that's what we'll go with. I don't know that that's actually true, but <laughs> that's what yeah, it's, 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 that's what I'm it's saying, fine. and we'll stick it to it. Yeah. <laughs> well, if they're if they don't listen, they will never know that we said that. So yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> and again, just to just to plug the the Discord, I know we we probably don't do enough of that, but it was really fun to be able to schedule something like Twilight Imperium to have this um, community of people who are like like minded, and um, some of the people who played were very interested in it, um, and some people were had like played once or twice before and just wanted to play again. Um, you know, so like ranges of people who were competitive, um, but kind of being able to offer that to people, I think was was a lot of fun, and so. Um, Outside of even our normal game night, because we would never be able to do a Twilight Imperium on like our normal game night, right? Right. Um, but I, we are totally open to, you know, if you haven't played enough uh, Birmingham, Brass Birmingham or you haven't played enough Great Western Trail or, you know, or you bought this new game and you want to try it with a group of gamers before you introduce it to a, a group of non-gamers or something like that. We have a lot of people who are looking for looking for games to jump into. So, so yep. definitely take advantage of that. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a lot of fun. And, and you don't even necessarily... Know- need to know how to set it up on tabletop simulator or board game arena we everyone or not everyone a lot of people already know so much more about that than i ever will and so they're more than happy to help set that up and help run it so for sure if that's if that's a barrier don't let it be yeah no that's that sounds awesome i'm glad that you were able to play that it's really cool absolutely yeah yeah we had a lot of fun (laughs) did you think that the that you're the new race, which I have already forgotten the name. Did you think that they were interesting and fun or did you, they just kind of like around? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Good question. And the, the name is like super complicated. They're like, we call them the dragons cause they look like a dragon. <laughs> okay. I can remember that. Yeah. The dragons. fleet. Right. Exactly. Yeah. They were, they were a ton of fun. I would totally play them again. We have had a lot of people kind of cycling through the like new races. And so there were two other, of the five people that played, three of the races were from the expansion. Um, oh, cool! Okay. So the one that I played, and then um, two two other players. Um, so that was really fun for me too, because one of them I had seen played before, but another one was new. And I think everyone at the board underestimated how strong that third one was. Um, the other one, the other one that we hadn't seen, they're basically like a destroyer race. Oh, and okay. He was doing just crazy things. Um, <laughs> and destroyers are like the cheapest unit that's its own ship um it, like fighters are technically cheaper but they're not really their own ship and so this specific race kind of like um they take advantage of destroyers and there had been some races before that were kind of playing around with destroyers but this one's like very very dedicated to them and gave them some extra ability like there were times where i was like sending massive fleets to destroy like four to four of his destroyers and it's like come on like this is ridiculous <laughs> like, I, I shouldn't have to be going this far out of my way there was there was more than one time where I just tried to capture his destroyers and just keep them. <laughs> I ended up using them and giving them back, but oh yeah, yeah, just like removing them from the board so he had fewer destroyers because they were so scary. That's hilarious. So yeah, so far from what we have seen, the the new races are very interesting and exciting and even very challenging to play against. Well, that's that's exciting to hear. I I always hate it when an expansion adds a new race that is either very underwhelming or way too powerful, but it seems like they're, they did a nice balance there where it feels like they For are sure. playable. They're interesting and that you want to be playing them. So that's yeah. exciting. Cause they did add a lot. They added seven and that's a lot. Oh wow. I did not realize that they expansion. added that. Yeah. 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 And wow. there's one or two that I'm like, I'm not sure I'm super interested in that, but like one, one race is kind of funny. It's actually just like, it's the nomad. Like it's one guy um, <laughs> and it's like the flagship race. Like he can like, upgrade his flagship and like that's his whole thing it's like he just like yeah. this one dude who has this enormous flagship and so that's interesting yeah some of them are like i don't know if that's actually good but like you know yeah, yeah it's yeah. quirky and it looks, it looks <laughs> so what about you 
Have you had things on your on your table recently? To to quote the mad board gamer, I've been playing some games. So <laughs> we've been playing a lot of games, which and we do not have enough time to talk about all of the games that I've been playing. Mm-hmm. However, I wanted to focus on kind of two things in this episode. The first will be a little bit shorter because I have found myself talking about it in every single episode slash every aspect of my life, and that is living card games. Yep. Those are those, those are taking over my life. They just announced Fantasy Flight just announced that they are reprinting Arkham Horror, the card game. Uh, so they're they're doing a revised core set, which yeah. I plan on picking up. They're they they're fixing. They're adding a little bit more content in there, and right out of the box, it's set up so that you don't have to buy multiple core sets to play the game. Oh, cool! Effectively, which which is really nice. That's I think they 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 learned that from Marvel Champions, and so. I, I plan on picking that up. I've been playing Lord of the Rings, but one of the I've the main one that I've been playing is Marvel Champions. And what what we've been doing is me and another Instagram friend, Jason, he's D twenty woodworking. We mm-hmm. have been streaming our some of our games. So we've been doing not necessarily every week, but we've been trying to tackle maybe every other week. We've been streaming some games where kind of you know we have the whole setup. We have cameras. We have health laid out and we're playing you know two players and we're trying to do like funky combinations and stuff like that and so it's been a lot of fun one to play with a with a second player because a lot of this i've been playing solo and so the second player really adds another dynamic to the game having that we're streaming typically on wednesdays so it's on youtube and so the videos stick around so if you want to go check them out we get creamed. It's pretty funny we we like thought we were way better and so we're like we're gonna take on this guy on expert and we like got smashed like it was bad (laughs) but but we've been doing like our our last video we each ran aggression and so instead of trying to balance everything out we were just trying to rush the strip just winning like three turns winning three turns let's see how it goes so i've been having a lot of fun with that so you you can find that on our youtube um i'll I'll put a link in the show notes if you want to go check out some of those videos i will say that the the video quality is fairly poor and that's because Turns out you're not supposed to be streaming off a laptop you bought 12 years ago. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there is that. But yeah, something we are actively trying to fix. But computer chips are expensive. <laughs> yes, <laughs> turns out, turns out GPUs do not cost as, or they cost way more than they used to. Yes. But yeah, I actually did buy a computer, so I'm excited. Oh, cool. Yeah, so I went with like a shitty GPU, so it wasn't absurdly crazy yeah because, you didn't break your bank yeah because i'm not i'm not playing a lot of games right now and so that's kind of where the gpu comes into play right but but i'm excited we'll have to we'll have to play some computer games as well yeah so, for sure yeah that i want i want to try your experience. your guns of icarus game i'll break it back out <laughs> bring it back out yeah <laughs> guns so. of icarus um is a game <laughs> that was like beta for like forever when we were in college and then like it released and it didn't do very well but we i played a bunch of it in college um <laughs> I haven't oh, checked yeah. on it. I assume it's still running, but I don't actually know that for a fact. But <laughs> that would be fun to like just I'm sure it's totally different now, you know, cuz it's been oh, like yeah. 6 years or something since I played it. Oh, absolutely. Be really fun to be really fun to try. So yeah, go check it out. We're having a lot of fun with yeah. it. So, um yeah. Yeah, and I'm I'm excited for you guys. I think like getting into streaming now, it's like first of all, it's like super accessible, but there isn't a, like a ton. There is board game space in streaming. But there's not like uh there's not as much as like video games, right? Video games is just like right. hugely dominant. There are a couple of people like we know D twenty we're working primarily through like our board vendors group. Yep. Which like it's funny to me by the way that like 
like every time you guys play like an Avengers based deck, it's like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> yes, exactly. The board Avengers friend, you guys are playing Avengers. Yes. Yeah, that's super cute. Um, <laughs> that's hilarious. Right. <laughs> but anyway, there's a couple in that, in that group that stream as well. Um, so it's becoming a bitter, bigger medium for it, but I think it's really cool that we're um, able to kind of participate. You specifically are able to kind of participate in the space. So Yeah, absolutely. I'm hoping to do more like different games as well because yeah. it's really easy to stream TTS. And we had talked about wanting to kind of do some commentary on some of the games that we've been playing. So I think that would be kind of fun to do at some point as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, commentary. We got stuff to say, man. Yeah, yeah. We don't know. We're not good at it, but man, <laughs> we can judge. We can judge good. <laughs> yeah. The other thing that I kind of wanted to talk about are roll and write games. We have kind of mentioned roll and write games on the podcast before, and it's not a genre that I think that we wanted to kind of dive in and do a full episode on, but I wanted to talk about some roll and write games or flip and write games mm -hmm. uh, that that I've been playing recently because it's been a genre that I really did not think I would enjoy. And it turns out that I actually really enjoy these games. Like when someone described it to me, I was like, that does not sound fun. But then every mm -hmm. single one that I've played, I've really enjoyed myself. I've been talking a lot. Dalton, do, do you want to describe Roll and Write games real quick? Sure, yeah. Um, I think the first one we played was Welcome To. Um, or maybe correct. the one we played together. Or Yahtzee, yeah. <laughs> That's right, true. <laughs> yeah. Yahtzee, Nelson's right, is like Roll and Write games are essentially Yahtzee. Something random happens um, in the middle of like the play area, and then um, everyone has to typically write like physically on a pad of paper or something um, some sort of score sheet a way that they kind of like score that random thing i think a common uh like mechanism of roll and write or maybe a distinguishing characteristic is that the randomness is kind of shared in either in part or in whole um so like welcome to for instance there's like a deck of cards and like three of them are dealt up um, and everybody simultaneously chooses one of those three cards to kind of like play on their active player sheet they like write down something like like a, the number that's on that card and um, the type of card just determines where they can write it down and that sort of thing and then like once everybody's written something down you do the next round and so theoretically two players could actually have the exact same score at the end of the game because they could have written down the exact same things over the course of the game because right. they were exposed to the same amount of randomness but most of the time because the game is so long and because there's so many choices that are being made and the choices that are made earlier affect the availability to check to take choices later, um, players end up with very vastly different scores. And so it's really rewarding to look across and see who won because you know it was like a really earned victory. It wasn't like, oh, he just rolled really well and, and won the game or something like that. Right. Yeah, no, that, that was a great definition. I think a lot of them have that. There are some that don't necessarily have the collective decision space which i don't think right. i like as much because of what you were saying you can have players that just roll better but like so like yahtzee is a good example right so right like yahtzee you roll and you do you take your actions and everyone else is kind of sitting there not participating right and i think that's one of the things that i like more about the more modern roll and write games is that everyone is always participating there's very little downtime in these games so you flip up everyone takes their action you're not waiting on someone to take their turn and typically these are lower complexity games as well so they're easy to get to the table there yeah. are some higher complexity games but i i haven't actually played those but I have been playing specifically three. I've played a lot more, but specifically three. One was Welcome To, which you mentioned mm -hmm. before. We, we've we been playing that. I've been playing That's Pretty Clever or Ganshan Clever, which we played right before you moved. Yeah. Which, it's a uh, terribly named game. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> with, with 
Wolfgang Varsh, his uh, his other names are Quacks of Quedlinburg, uh, <laughs> Taverns of Tiefenthal, That's yeah. Pretty Clever, The Mind. Okay, so he has some hits and misses, I guess. Like, <laughs> but, <laughs> but so that is one where it's not necessarily shared randomness. And I feel like that one feels like you can almost solve it, which is a little iffy. But mm. I've also like, you know, people are saying like, you know, over 290 is a really good score. And I'm like, I haven't touched like 280. Like, this is insane. <laughs> like, how do you do that? But yeah, so, so that's been kind of interesting. And then the yeah. last one, which I wanted to spend the most time talking about is Cartographers. So Cartographers is by Thunderwork Games. It's by the same people who made Roleplayer. So it's in the same kind of universe as Roleplayer, which I think we've talked about before on the podcast. But one of the, the one of a, a listener, a friend of the podcast, Matt, um, he, he let us borrow Cartographers to try and I immediately bought it because I just thought that it was a phenomenal game. And it sounds like I said that like when you describe roll and rights, it's not something that I would typically think that I would enjoy. And I come and cartographers combines that with something else that I usually don't typically enjoy, which is polynomial shapes, uh, like Tetris shapes. Right. And so basically in cartographers, you have like this map, which is a blank map. And you're basically questing out to map like uncharted territory in the the king's land basically so you're creating a map and so similar to like welcome to you're flipping up cards and it gives you like a terrain type and a a, a specific shape that you have to then draw in that shape and the terrain type and typically there's a choice there so maybe you get to choose between village or trees and or okay. you get to choose between two different uh shapes okay pull these on your map and so there's then also like, drawing involved. Yeah, which is not great. <laughs> <laughs> it's played out over four rounds, and you have randomly uh, distributed cards on how each round will score. And so, and you know how future rounds will score. And so okay. maybe in round three, you're going to score for every column that there's a tree in, you get one point. So you're not going to score that in the first two rounds, but then you'll score it in the third and the fourth round because okay. you always score both each objective card twice in the game so you can plan and so maybe you have like really low turns and then a really big two turns okay so because you've been focusing on that but i just this is my favorite role in right that i have played so far i just think that the implementation was incredible it's kind of almost killed welcome to for me a little bit i i still enjoy welcome to but i i can't think of a reason why i would pull welcome to out over cartographers at this point gotcha I, I am kind of running low on my pencils and cartographers, so maybe that would be a reason <laughs> to pull out Welcome To. But like, other than that, yeah, Welcome To has like a has like a smartphone app. To that score that for is you. actually really helpful. I yeah. highly highly recommend doing that. The only time that I do not use that app is when I need a picture for Instagram. Right. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the app, the app, the Welcome To app is free. Also, there's like yes. no reason not to use it. Right. Um, but it sounds like that wouldn't really work or would at least be extremely difficult to make work for cartographers. Yeah. There is an app. It does cost, but I don't think it's like a score sheet. Like it's actually the game, which yeah. I, I haven't looked into. But yeah, no, I, I'm just having a lot of fun with that. There's like these monster attacks. So like when when you flip up a monster, you it's a, it's a different type of shape. It's worth negative victory points, but you pass your player sheet, like you pass it clockwise or counterclockwise. So the, uh, the player sitting next to you draws onto your sheet. To try and hmm. like optimize your negative points, 
And so there is a little bit of player interaction there. Um, gotcha. Which is so, a little bit uncommon for yeah, roller rights. Yeah. They're usually more solitaire feel. Yep. Yeah. I just wanted to talk about that a little bit and just kind of promote it because that, that is a game that deserves some of the, like it's, it's gotten a good bit of hype, but it's, if you haven't heard about it, I would definitely check it out. If you are slightly interested in this genre of games, because you can pick it up, you can play it in 20 minutes and every single time it's, it's really great. Yeah. So how would you rank like the complexity against like welcome to, or that's so clever. So it's rule wise. So it's, or that's pretty clever is probably the most complex just because everything scores differently. You I feel like think you do feel like in that game you have an overwhelming amount of choices. Yes. You know, yeah. Because like you roll like five dice and then you have to choose like one of them to play. And then you do that like <laughs> yeah. multiple times every turn. And so, and each of them can be played in like a bunch of different ways. And so that can start to feel very, yeah, very overwhelming. Yep. yep. So I think that's probably the most complex. I think that this would probably be tied with a welcome to in complexity. And that's like there's more choices, but the scoring is a little bit easier to understand than in welcome to. Because in welcome to, you just have, you have like eight paths to score. Which, yeah. like, I, I was I was explaining the game this last weekend, and, like, as I was explaining, I was like, this is actually a little bit more complicated than I remember it being. Because, like, mm-hmm. once you're playing it, it, when you're playing it on the app, it's fine. Like, once you're, like, when you're starting to explain it, it's like, okay, yeah, the pools do this. You have to put it where there was, there's a pool. You can put it in a park, and you mark off the park on that street. And then, so it kind of gets a little weird. You can't use yeah. abyss where you already have a fence. And so there's a lot of, like, little caveats like that. Yeah. Whereas cartographers is draw the shape and if you can't draw the shape draw a one square somewhere and that's kind of those are the kind of the rules gotcha yeah i i i really am enjoying cartographers and i i recommend that you check it out for sure and it's good to know that they do have a mobile app because um that is something that especially now that i have moved and need to find a new gaming group there's this gap where i'm gonna struggle to play games unless it has like an app and i can play it by myself right i've been playing a lot of mystic veil yep i've been playing a lot of evolution and oceans and um, and so it's good to hear that it's like, oh, I, maybe I can go pick that one up and just like have something to kind of piddle around with while I'm trying to fill the time. So interesting. Good to hear. So you, you said that you've been playing a lot of Evolution and Oceans. Is there one that you prefer? I feel like at this point, for some reason, the Evolution app feels better to me. And I don't know if that's because I kind of picked up Oceans when like the app was like still relatively new. But the Evolution gotcha. app has like a lot of content in it to explore. Like it has like a campaign okay. and mode and oh, it has a lot of different like computers that will like target certain strategies. So like you can Oh that's cool. Yeah. So it'll like try to force a carnivore strategy or like a big food strategy or like a defense or like a starvation strategy. Like it will try to like start <laughs> it's like not a carnivore, but it's trying to like starve out and use things yeah. like long neck and other things to like right. stay alive. And it'll just throw like negative food icons into the into the watering hole. That's really and, good. That's impressive that they programmed all of that in there. Yeah. Yeah. So that's there's cool. some good like some good replayability for the app itself. But like if if someone was going to pull out a one of the games and play it on a table, like definitely oceans. I think yeah. oceans is a lot better of a game overall. Do you play with the, like the deep? I think that's what it's called. Like uh, so like when I, I so I don't own oceans. Um, we had a game weekend where uh, Harlan, one of our friends and, and listeners, uh, brought oceans, and I, and I got to play it. And I think I played it twice, and we played the second time with the deep, or maybe I just like looked at the deep cards or something like that. Um, the art is really really cool. Yeah, it's super cool, um, and it gives a feeling of like 
I don't even really know how to describe it, but maybe sort of like in, <laughs> I'm thinking of Twilight Imperium, but like in Twilight Imperium, you have your flagship and it's something that <laughs> is going to have like some, you know, really wacky ability tied to it. Um, and right. that's what the cards have. They are like something that is like kind of normal, but just like more powerful and has like a wacky ability tied to it. And so they kind of can be like strategy giving, you know, when you, cause yep. it's like, oh, now I'm going to like build myself around what this card can do because it's like so strong. They are like more expensive in the game to like get out but can be really rewarding. And so I think like your first game, you can't really play with them because they can be really disorienting. But yeah, like now knowing the game, I would play with them every time. I, I only played it once and we did not play with the deep, which I think was the right call. But yeah, I think it was lacking. It was, it was lacking. Um, oh, what is the word? Depth. It, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, yes. Okay. I was going to cut out my stumbling over words, but that was too good of a pun. I'm leaving that in. So, <laughs> yes, it was lacking depth. It, it felt like there wasn't as interesting of decisions. It felt like kind of whoever got the right cards won. And I feel like the deep yep. kind of alters those strategies significantly. And that, that would yep. be something that I'd be really interested in playing with at some point. For sure. I think also like Oceans more than Evolution, you your actions are a little bit scripted by like the cards that you are drawing, like your cards yeah. will kind of lead you into something. Whereas in evolution, your cards like not using them and instead using them as a like resource. We talk a lot about like dual purpose cards, right? Um, yep. Evolution, I think is very successful at that. Um, and that you really do not have to use them like further that you can use them to build population or, or body size or get new dinos and like all of that works super well. Um, yeah. And, and I guess to finish that point, maybe oceans doesn't necessarily do that as well. Yeah, I agree with that. I also like the evolution theme a little bit more. Dinos are cool, but yeah, man, fucking dinosaurs, bro. <laughs> you wanna you wanna do an icebreaker? Yeah, absolutely. We have a um, our next book episode coming up. We have a we're we're targeting kind of fight scenes, right? Kind of battle or fight scenes, and looking at how those impact a story. Looking at how those like why they are used and where they are used and what makes them powerful and why we like them so much and why right they can also be cheap thrills sometimes and, and <laughs> all, getting into all that type of discussion right so i heard that we had an icebreaker that kind of like teased us up for that conversation a little bit yes we do it was submitted by smalls so she also manages all the icebreaker questions so this this is nice, but so her icebreaker question that's going to lead us into our battle slash fight scenes episode is what two characters would you like to see go head to head in a fight? <laughs> so not necessarily from like the same universe. You get to so, open it up a little bit. Yeah. Answer the big so, questions. So, I mean, like there, there are a couple, I mean, like this feels like I'm like 10 again where I'm like, who would win in a fight? Right. Superman or Batman and the flash <laughs> right exactly yeah we get to do a little bit of like team building here right like <laughs> yeah yeah you get to choose like is there a draft we should have a draft right. <laughs> pick your champion <laughs> yeah so i i think the one that immediately popped into my head was uh vin from mistborn series which we, we've talked about significantly already and then uh Kaladin from the Stormlight Archives, which is the main character of the Stormlight Archives. Nice. So they're they're both like powerful in their own sense. Keep it Sanderson. They they both have these really cool magic systems that they can pull on. They feel similar in character and mm -hmm. like power levels. So I think that that would kind of be interesting to to kind of feel and maybe like you know maybe Kaladin would win in you know the first book, but like as the story progresses and both of them get stronger, does that power dynamic shift? So I think that's my yeah. cheap answer. I'm, I'm going to see if I can come up with a different one, though. So 
Anything okay. that's coming to your mind real quick? I have like a couple of characters that are kind of coming to like the front of my mind. I think um, I'm thinking kind of like um, we haven't talked too much about this, but like, yeah, I'm sure we'll get into it. But like fights and battles and conflict that can take a lot of different forms. Um, and I yeah. really, I really like, you know, the master strategist level, like characters, like not just like, Hey, here's this super powerful godlock character, yep. but here's this like power, this character that's like super powerful with, with like yep. his brain. The Enders. Right. Yeah, exactly. And so coming to mind would be Paul Atreides from Dune, um, versus, yep. and see, now I just want to say Peter Dinklage because in my mind it's Peter Dinklage, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, Tyrion. But Tyr- Tyrion Lannister. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. From yeah. House Lannister in Game of Thrones. Because I think like Tyrion, first of all, like actually both of them have like literal like battle and fight scenes that they, that they do participate in, but they're both like strongest on, on like more of like a political front, right? Like yep. getting yeah. all the work that happens before the fight actually happens, you know? Right. And again, kind of that master strategist level conflict. And so I think even you could just extend that to like just dropping Paul Atreides into like the Game of Thrones space and just kind of like seeing <laughs> what happens, you know? Yeah. Just, <laughs> oh, let's see, what, let's see what goes on. Right, right. Which feels like a little bit like what he's trying to do with Bran is like make him kind of a Paul Atreides type character. Right. Um, whether or not that's successful is up to debate, but that's what he's like. That's what it feels <laughs> like he's trying to do. Um, I actually, I don't even know if it was debate. <laughs> <laughs> I will fight you on this. But right. That is a debate, isn't it? So, but okay. But <laughs> yeah, that's a type of conflict. Yeah, there you go. There you go. See, it, it all circles. It, it all, all circles, circles back. back. Um, but yeah, I think that would be my answer. I think that'd be that'd be a fun one to. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. not like a one-on-one fight with like a sword or something like that, but more right. of a the larger, larger scale conflict. Dude, I need to reread Dune. I have that is a book that I have not read in a while, and I really need to get that back to. I was going to say to the table. That's not right. Back to the <laughs> to Kindle. the app, to the app, <laughs> to the audible, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to the headphones. There you go. Back to the head. Back to my earbuds. That oh, that's what we should. Instead of what's on your mind, we should play what we should. We should change the section to what's on your headphones or what's yeah. in your headphones. <laughs> <laughs> what's in your ear? Yeah. So I I have one side of this down. So I I've been kind of listening to. Are re-listening through the Lightbringer series because I I ended up not finishing that. Oh and so, yeah, and if you lose your going, place, it's really hard. To yep. So <laughs> I thought I yeah. So this is kind of funny. Like I I picked the third book to listen through in Audible because like I I made it through like half of the third book. So I was like okay. I'll just pick up at the beginning of the third book. Um, turns out I picked the second book and that was a really good call. So nice. <laughs> Because I did not, I was like, "Wow, I forgot about this." And then, like, I I like logged it on Goodreads. I was like, "Book two. I was like, "Oh, oh, wow!" I yeah, I would have just missed everything. So, <laughs> <laughs> but the uh, the main character in Lightbringer's Kip, who is um, basically in Lightbringer, you can draft different colors, and so like you can create this Luxon material from color, and each different type of Luxon, different color of Luxon has different properties. And basically, the more you can draft, the more powerful you are. So there's like yeah. bichromats and like multichromats where they can draft multiple light levels of light. And so I'm thinking, so instead of Kip, let's go with Gavin. So Gavin is the prism, and he that means he can draft any type of light. He has perfect kind of, not perfect pitch, but whatever that is for, for colors. He can perfect yeah. hue. Yeah. Um, so I, I want to see him go up against someone and I don't know who it is yet. And that's where I want to tap you 
to try oh, and figure like. out. Let, let's let's see if we can figure out an interesting fight between Gavin, who can draft all of these crazy colors, create these Luxon, mm-hmm. basically like create make himself like a green golem type thing and just go go berserk on people. Yeah. So who yeah. who would we want to see him go against? Yeah. It's kind of hard to compare magic systems. It is. So- I was just I was just thinking that like Lightbringer is a very hard magic system. Um, we actually found it because Sanderson recommends it. Um, so it's not written by um, Brandon Sanderson, but he he really enjoyed it and he recommended it. Um, and so and so that's it kind of has that feel. It does. It, it yeah. feels like a Sanderson novel. So yeah, for sure. But it's like when you're when you're comparing cross magic systems, typically mm-hmm. a fight inside the same magic system can work and is effective because the magic system has counters or has ways to block. So like if you're thinking like Harry Potter or Vada Kedavra, that can be blocked. But like mm-hmm. if you're going up against like Gavin, he's no way to block a Vada Kedavra. So it's like, well, they just win that fight. Like that's a that's a lopsided fight right there. Right. Right. Unless like Luxon can block the killing spell, which I doubt it can. And so it's kind of like a very like you know, it seems very OP in one. It does, yeah. In one, but it's very easily, I guess not easily blocked, but it's blocked in Harry Potter. For sure. Right, so that's what I'm trying to think through. Yeah, I feel like a couple of, like, powerful wizard-like characters come to mind. Like Kavoth, right? Because he is, like, they're both extremely powerful in their own right, but also, like, very clever within their magic systems. Like, Gavin is yes. specifically, like, people talk about that, that he just, like, comes up with things that no one had, like, thought of before. And that's one of the things that makes him like really, really good. That would be a really cool fight scene, Kavoth and Gavin. For sure, yeah. I think that'd be, also that'd be interesting. Or like in that similar vein, like Ged from, uh, which is like such a such a weird name. Like you say, and it's like, it's <laughs> right. like, huh? Are you okay? Like, were you clearing your throat? Like, no, I'm trying to say so, his character's sorry. name. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I thought you were choking there for a second. <laughs> that's, that's right. That's right. I was, I was about three seconds away from the Heimlich. So. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, Ged from uh, the Wizards of Earthsea or like the Earthsea series or whatever it's called, where he, that's a, like, if you, I talked about that a little bit when I read it, but it's a very soft magic system, but Ursula K. Le Guin, it's very, it's extremely well written. Um, One of the first fantasy books to kind of really play into the, like, the idea of naming and he, like, Ged, is, like, really good at that Um, and he has to solve a lot of, like, very, again, very, like, tricky problems and solutions with like his really powerful magic system are always like super obvious, even though he like, even though you don't necessarily know the bounds of the magic system, which make for a pretty cool, I guess, balance. Cause that's a little bit uncommon, right? We don't typically see Gandalf just save the day because <laughs> he's like, Oh yeah, of course, like he's Gandalf, he can do anything. So I, I guess in that sense, it sounds like a Ged Kavoth showdown would be kind of interesting to see as well. It seems like they're both pretty <laughs> clever with, with how they, how they're doing it. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. They're just trading. It just comes down to who knows better, you know, more names. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Oh, and speaking of like knowing of names, right? We didn't. We could also bring in like Aragon series, right? But he has a dragon, Ooh, yeah. which is like a little bit cheating. It's like okay, like it's a dragon, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what can you really do? Yeah. Um, oh, Aragon and Sephira versus the Balrog. There you go. There That'd you go. be interesting. I, th- I feel like the Balrog would win that. I feel like the Balrog is way more powerful than we think it is. Yeah, well, it's like Mayar level, right? So it's right. it's like on par with Gandalf. Um, right. Well, not specifically with Gandalf, but with Gandalf's kind. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Balrog. I don't know. There's some rules. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, there's a there's a there's a lot of interesting matchups out there. I'm interested to hear kind of what everyone else says. So if you 
do want to know so we're going to post this in the discord probably a day before this episode airs as well as on instagram and so answer on those platforms and i think that's how we're going to be kind of doing it going forward yeah post it the day before so that we have time to gather those and we can kind of read out the answers on our next episode so leading into the fight scenes we're going to hear all of the interesting and epic showdowns that you all want to see in fantasy but yeah, so in, anything else that you wanted to hit on in this fireside episode? No, it's before been, we before it's been great we to get back into it. Um, we're both looking yeah. forward to being more consistent about it. We're both, as I've kind of like started to settle in a little bit, hoping to, you know, continue to get into into more books and more games also, because um, both of for on my end, both of those have been kind of lacking. And so I know that you have been very busy. I've been busy not playing games. um, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like moving across the country does take a little bit of time from your schedule. Right. But I do know that we have a Marvel Champions campaign. We do. Scheduled. So I'm very excited for that. And we'll be looking forward to talking about that more. Absolutely. So if you want to hear about that, tune into a future episode, probably in a couple of months. But so, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, no, this, I, same. Like I, I've been missing doing these, so I'm glad that we're finally back doing them, Yep, and I'm excited to do more. We're back, baby. Yep. So, as always, hit that, smash that subscribe button, hit hit the little bell. We do actually have a YouTube you can subscribe to now, though, because you're streaming, so that's becoming (laughs) less of a joke. (laughs) Yeah. Soon I'm going to sell out. If you do it fast enough, you can be the (laughs) 10th. Yeah. Yeah, we do have almost double-digit followers on YouTube, so... pretty intense yeah i will i will personally thank you if you go follow us and make us the 10 or bring us to 10 followers on youtube i will reach out to you personally and thank you (laughs) so (laughs) cool all right but yeah you can also find us on instagram twitter discord um all of those links are going to be in the show notes looking forward to talking with you about epic showdowns and fight scenes so absolutely absolutely awesome all right cheers buddy cheers